On the program today, a couple of segments with Oklahoma U.S. Senator Jim Inhofe. We visited with Senator Inhofe on Wednesday before the U.S. Senate's votes on the National Defense Authorization Act. And then after that, we'll have Senator Inhofe and his actual presentation on the Senate floor about the Defense Authorization Act. We're spending a few minutes today with the U.S. Senator Jim Inhofe. And Senator Inhofe, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good, and I'll tell you why. Every Wednesday morning, we have a, a Bible study, and during this morning, we had a Bible study, and all we did is sing Christmas carols. Oh, there you go. So you got me in a good mood, all right? <laughs> We're good. Well, what's your favorite Christmas carol? <laughs> oh, Silent Night. There you go. Easy. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you why I'm calling uh, in uh, less than an hour from now. If uh, you'll turn on your TV, I'll be speaking on the floor about uh, the passing the most significant bill of the year, which is the Senate Armed Services. It's our military bill that we uh, we pass each year, and uh, and and we've done a real good job this year. I'm I'm uh, proud of it. Let me just share a couple of things that they are aware of. Yeah, please do. Uh, one of them uh, there. And, and I don't want to sound, and I know this will offend a lot of people out there, but for some, for a reason that we all know, Democrats are not as strong for uh, pro-defense as Republicans are. Now, why should defending America be a partisan issue? And it shouldn't be, but it is. When uh, our president went in, our, our current president, uh, the first thing he did on his budget was cut down the amount of money for national defense below all the other the the uh, the defense uh, bills and that just made our job a lot harder but the end result is we we're to able to add an additional 25 billion dollars to our defense which brings it back up to where we should be right now we're in the most threatened position and i and i say this uh, you You've not heard me say this before. Right now, we are in a t- the toughest position we've been in. We have China and Russia, our two major adversaries, and China actually is, uh, has some things that we don't have. I mean, you know, I'm, people are not used to that. Uh, you know, I'm older than uh, most of the people around here, and I do remember all the things that, that were t- uh, taking place to, in our military after World War, the Second World War, and our goal at that time was to not put ourselves in a position where our adversaries could have things that are better than we have. In the case of artillery, China has uh, a lot of artillery pieces that we don't have. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing. Russia is the same way. So it's a dangerous world out there. The most dangerous that we've had in the defense authorization bill is going to correct a lot of the problems that we have. Uh, you know, look at the, the different... Um, you're kind of down there in an area where you, you're between three different military installations. Right. And uh, and so you have a lot of people in your area in Chickasha that actually are uh, are working in, in uh, military uh, environments. And uh, so we have a bill that is good. We uh, Over at Tinker, we've got the KC-46 and the B-21. Uh, the main, maintenance is going to take place uh, at Tinker. Uh, the the uh, the training is going to take place at Altus, uh, Lawton. We have the the uh, 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 it's it's artillery, the number one artillery place in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, advanced. We are teaching people how to fly the, the new Red, uh, the Red Hawk, which is a next-generation trainer. So all these things are good. And then the other one that of all five military operations that we uh, have throughout uh, Oklahoma, the one that people know least about, uh, George, is uh, McAllister. And McAllister is is uh, a huge thing. In fact, it's unique in that there's only one uniform military there, and yet they're performing an entire military uh, function. So we have all of our uh, military is is doing a good job right now. We don't we don't have a BRAC round now. Some of the people who are listening to us right now know that occasionally they have a BRAC round, and that is base realignment and closure commission. They meet and decide whether we can cut down the size of our military operation. And so it's generally uh, disarming America. We're not going to have any of that for the next uh, uh, coming year. So that's what this is all about, what's going to happen. In just uh, uh, an hour from right now, we'll pass the defense authorization bill, and we're going to have a much stronger America. Talk about, you mentioned some of the things going on at, at Fort Sill and, of course, uh, down there in Elgin. Uh, we've got that uh, great uh, the uh, tank building, the Paladin Integrated Management uh, there at Elgin. You it's know, getting a big, big increase uh, this year, I guess. Oh, it's going to be huge, George, and people need to go down there. Uh, uh, the general public needs to know all the great things that are happening in Oklahoma, and certainly in little uh, old Elgin, Oklahoma, they have all this operation going on right now that is, is really provi- providing protection for the entire nation right out of Altus, Oklahoma. It's uh, artillery operations reach more countries, our allies around the world, than uh, than anyone else does right there in Lawton, Oklahoma. But, you know, you could say the same thing. This morning I'll be talking to... Uh, all of the, uh, the the cities and towns around Oklahoma that house some of our military operations. So I'll be talking to the people and uh, about what's happening in Altus. In Altus, we have the new military, the KC-46, and the KC. But the KC-135 is what we've been using uh, right. for many, many decades uh, for for uh, training. And and now we're going to replace with the KC-46. And uh, and we're in the process of doing that. At the same time, we're ensuring that we have enough KC-135s around to last until we get the KC-46. Now, that sounds like that's kind of in the weeds, but it's really not. That's a capability that we make in Oklahoma, and we excel in Oklahoma. And we do such a good job that we do, we're never in danger uh, of, of losing it. Uh, other things, Advance. Advance is up there right now do doing the work that they have to do in training uh, these people. And uh, we have things like uh, uh, we have an aging dormitory for our troops in the Vance area. We're finally building another one and uh, modernizing that. Uh, it's, it's countless the number of things that we are doing now that are, are helping. The last thing I would mention uh, is what we're doing for our military families. You know, George, you you hear people all the time. I do in Washington, because there are a lot of people in Washington who, don't, who really don't think we need a military to start with. And, uh, and the most expensive thing that we do for the military is not artillery, not tanks, not uh, heavy equipment. It's taking care of our families. Uh, you know, we have 
we have to take care of uh, families so that the kids can go to school, that, that we can have housing that is good housing. But the other countries, our competition, uh, China, Russia, they don't do anything for their families. And so it, that's the singularly the most expensive item that we have is uh, taking care of the families. We're doing a good job, and the uh, bill that does this is one we'll be voting on in uh, less than an hour from now. So if anyone wants to see how that's working, turn on their TV and, uh, and, and watch it. Uh, we'll be talking about what we're going to do for the military yep. and to keep America great uh, for the next yep. 12 months. I'm sure C-SPAN will be playing that over and over again over the next uh, couple of weeks or so. So that's uh, uh, a good good way to stay informed about what's going on in Washington, D.C. You're sure right on on the most important issue in Washington, D.C., and that's a strong military. Okay? Right. Now let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the Oklahoma National Guard a little bit. Uh, we've got a few minutes this morning. Of course. We're very proud of, of our Guard and our reserve component. Uh, they are performing functions that are multiple. Uh, how many times can you remember uh, the, the disasters that were taking place where the Guard comes in and takes care of those problems? At the same time, they're the overflow for the, the work that we do, the military operations. And so we're, we're doing... Uh, we're enhancing with this bill the the guard, and I'd like to mention a couple of other things that are on here. You know, the women in the draft provision, and that's the one that we just uh, decided that they were. The, the president wanted to have the women uh, in uh, in draft, and we just took it out. Uh, I just don't believe that we ought to have our my daughters and and uh, all that. Uh, subjected to that. So that's not there anymore. We have a vaccine mandate for some of our troops. We have some troops that legitimately can't use some of the vaccines, and it used to be that they would be dishonorably discharged. Uh, that's not the case anymore because they have no control over that. We had the problems with uh, uh, the, the progressives, the, attempt, the attempts to paint service members as extremists. You, you heard that just in the last when this administration came in, and we're furthering their efforts to uh, 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 just do do the the great work that they're doing. So the Guard and Reserve are often overlooked by some of the people on the national scene, but they're not overlooked locally. They're not overlooked in Chickasha, Oklahoma, because people know what they're doing and uh, and 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 they they appreciate it. Let's talk about some so, of the uh, improvements and things going on at. Uh, uh, colleges and universities that uh, are part of the National Defense Bill. You know, yeah, people don't realize that the, uh, the University of uh, Oklahoma, uh, o Oklahoma State University and Tulsa University, are all three doing specific functions that are, are uh, helping in the research of uh, some of our vehicles, the un, uh, uh, unmanned vehicles. Uh, and so uh, we are actually, uh, in each one of these are funding programs that are being very successful and, uh, and, right. and so people think it, they, they forget that this covers everybody yeah so like uh, for OU for OU for instance seven million dollars to support the future of uh, artificial intelligence techniques uh, in advanced manufacturing development yep we did that seven million dollars and then OSU uh, five million dollars to solidify the OSU uh, as the leading university in the nation in the UAS, that's unmanned vehicles. 
uh, Tulsa University is uh, $3 million to deepen the the uh, Tulsa University's relationship with the Army and further expose the DOD to uh, Tulsa University's best-in-class cyber talent. We uh, that, that university moved in on cyber talent uh, in, uh, in, back about 10 years ago. Uh, I remember the, the general that was in charge of that program, and he's the one who looked around and said, that's a university that's going to be able to do this, and now they're continuing to do it. So good things are happening. We have uh, impact aid. Uh, impact aid is money that comes that uh, we lose because the um, the individuals uh, that are tax exempt out there because they're performing military functions. They're tax exempt, but they, but still they have their kids, and they their kids has to be have to be educated too. So we've enhanced the uh, uh, that pro- impact aid pro- uh, program to help people who have kids in our in fact some of them would actually be in in your uh, in your area before we go uh senator i wanted to talk about your vote recently against suspending the nation's debt ceiling i know that's a, a concern among republicans well that's right well, we don't have to do that and uh it went right down uh, party lines every democrat voted to extend the debt limit every republican voted against it and uh, it, because there's pri- all you have to do is prioritize these things. You know, if you're if you're trying to take care of people from the cradle to the grave through government, that's not what we're supposed to be doing in America. And so we do have that uh, debt limit uh, with uh, only Democrat votes. That's Oklahoma U.S. Senator Jim Inhofe talking to us before the Senate approved the National Defense Authorization Act. Now we have Senator Inhofe's actual discussion about the act on the Senate floor prior to the vote. I'm very pleased that the Senate's finally voting on the fiscal year 2022 defense authorization bill. This is the most significant bill of the year. There's an old document that nobody reads anymore. It's called the Constitution. Kind of tells us what we're supposed to be doing around here, and sometimes we forget. We're talking about national defense. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's why Congress has passed a defense authorization bill for the last 60 years. This will be the 61st year in a row, and it will pass. It's going to pass in about another half hour from now. It's going to pass because it has passed in the past, and everyone realizes this is the most important thing that we, we do here. A lot of people don't say that, but it's, it's true. And every year we come together, the House and the Senate and the Republicans, the Democrats, and put our differences aside, build this bill together, and show our service members that we really support them. And I think that's so important. All we have to do is argue about this bill. And what we're doing is reflecting on the people who are out there on the line, out there they are making the sacrifice, losing, losing their lives in many cases. It's important that they know that this is the most important thing we do, and that's exactly what we did this year. It looked a little different this, this year because the Senate didn't take up the bill until after Veterans Day. Now, and I, I'm, I was critical of uh, Senator Chuck Schumer uh, because we... Uh, we filed our bill, uh, uh, Senator Reed and I filed this in September the 22nd, and we didn't take it up until November 17th. That's two months that was wasted that we could have used and used very productively, and we, 
we, we, we don't need to do that. We, we, we can't let that happen again. It's the most important bill that we do all year, and it shouldn't be left to the last minute. And that's especially the case right now, because we face threats that, like we've never before in my lifetime faced. We have China and Russia. They're growing and modernizing their militaries at a rate that we've never seen before. They're using their new technology to menace their neighbors. We're seeing Russia build up forces on the Ukraine border, like uh, most likely intended to be used for them to attack. Uh, we, we feel that that's uh, what is happening now, and, and we've seen evidence that China's testing hypersonic missiles technology that we, we don't even have. We don't have hypersonic missile technology like the Chinese have. You know, and, 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 and those of us have studied what happened in the World War II, and we swore that we weren't going to let this happen. And for a long period of time, we had the best of everything. One area where America should have the best of everything. We didn't have the best of everything. So we've seen threats, we're seeing threats now that we haven't seen before. And yes, the Ukrainian border, we know what's happening there. We know the 100,000 people are ready to go in. The Russians are, are there. And now we've seen China use things that we didn't, you know, that we don't even have today. At the same time, following a disastrous withdrawal, the terrorist organizations are resurging in, in Afghanistan. I think we all remember in Afghanistan what happened. Uh, the president went in and, and uh, we had a withdrawal when we shouldn't have had a withdrawal. And our allies and partners are questioning our credibility and commitment because of that debacle. Iran continues to expand its nuclear program, and North Korea continues its own provocations. In short, we have no shortages of challenges to our security and our military supremacy. Uh, the security situation with both China and Russia has gotten far worse since the Armed Services Committee first advanced this bill back in July. It's gotten worse every few days, uh, certainly every we, we each week, I can't think of a more necessary bill to pass right now as we're going to do in another, another uh, short period of, of minutes and uh, then this defense authorization bill. It's the most important bill that we have. Uh, I worked together with Chairman Reed, uh, Senator Reed, uh, Chairman Smith, Ranking Member Rogers, and uh, the Armed Services Committee in both chambers to build a bill that will help us respond to all of these threats. And, that, and we work together. We work together in, uh, in the committee for a, a long time. You know, people think, well, this is only something that, that we're doing, uh, or in those of us who are in the positions to be providing the leadership in our military that we do once a year. But I can tell you right now that after we do this, uh, that which I think we'll get passed today, that it'll be signed, uh, we'll start again on next year already. Our final product is a responsible bipartisan path forward that strengthens national security and gives our troops and the resources, training, and equipment and the benefits that they, that they deserve. Now, we're talking about our troops. They need to, we don't want them to have close fights out there. We don't want them to have equipment that isn't the best equipment. 
I'm afraid we're in a situation right now where that is the case. The first and most important way to do that is by boosting the defense top line by 25 billion. That's what we did. That's the very first thing that we did was to bring that up to something where it is $25 billion over President Biden's request. And I, I know the defense isn't uh, uh, Biden's top priority, but we showed it is a bipartisan priority in this Congress. In fact, it was the 2018 NDS. This is the NDS. This is the National Defense System. This is in 2018. And we had five, six of the smartest Democrats in this field six of the smartest Republicans, we got together and put together this thing called the Providing for the National Defense. This was the Defense Strategy Commission. It's one that we've been following since that time. And it shows that we can get things done. It's one that we refer to. This is our pattern. And, and uh, it's, it's uh, a budget cut like the president wanted isn't going to get us uh, there. In total, this bill authorizes almost $778 billion for the Department of Defense and for nuclear programs at the Department of Energy. The, uh, this, this increase supports many of the military's unfunded priorities, things they need that President Biden's inadequate budget couldn't meet, uh, plus things Congress agrees the department must fund in critical areas. We provided a 35% increase above the president's budget for military construction, the largest MILCON that uh, we've had in, in, uh, in over 10 years. We also provided 4.7 billion increase for shipbuilding, allowing our military to purchase five new battle force ships, which will be key in our priority theater and in uh, Indo-Pacific. And I think we we know we we know what the the Chinese have been doing with their ship program. We bolstered uh, support to key areas like Taiwan and Ukraine. This year's NDAA actually increases funding for the Ukrainian Security Assistance Initiative by fifty million dollars, giving Ukraine some three hundred million dollars in in defense, which is also in our defense too. And it's, uh, the bill includes strong bipartisan support for our nuclear deterrent, which is the cornerstone of our national security. We fully fund the nuclear modernization, which is a top priority for our military and solidify uh, support for key, uh, a key leg of our nuclear triad. Our triad system is one that we've adhered to and it's something that is working, and, and this, this actually supports a key leg of that nuclear triad, which is the ground-based strategic deterrent. The bill works at uh, every turn to maintain our military supremacy and, and in some areas to spur us to catch up in er other areas we've fallen behind. We have fallen behind China and Russia in certain areas, and we, need, we, don't, we don't like that. And, uh, this is what we're trying to correct at the current time. One area where we do that is in cybersecurity. You know, we have people, not just experts on the outside, we have, uh, there's one of the members of our Senate uh, committee, our Senate Armed Services Committee, uh, 
uh, Senator Mike Rounds probably knows more about uh, cybersecurity than anyone of, of the advisors that are out there. The bill creates a whole of government approach, the, the uh, public-private partnership to detect and disrupt our adversaries' cyber operations. Uh, we also accelerate innovative uh, innovation in key emerging technologies like artificial intelligence, hypersonic weapons, quantum computing, uh, 5G. Uh, we're doing these things. We're just not doing it as fast as we should, and this is one of the reasons that we're going to pass the most important bill of the year in just a few minutes. Our bill takes numerous steps to harden our industrial base and remove Russia and China from our national security supply chain. Of course, our top priority this year and any year is our troops and brave men and women who volunteer to lay down their lives in line for our country. This year's bill gives them a well-deserved pay raise, improved health. And by the way, these are things people uh, who sometimes talk about the, uh, the fact that we are spending so money, uh, uh, how many times I've heard people say, well, we spend more on defense than China and Russia together. Well, that's true. But we do something that China and Russia don't do. The most expensive item that we have is taking care of our troops, making sure that the, the kids of our troops have schools to go to, that are good schools, uh, that we have good housing. They don't care about things like that, but we do. And we spend more on, on the military, and, uh, and, 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 and people try to use that against us. Well, our people are first, and we're the only country who believes that. It prevents service members from being uh, dishonorably discharged for refusing uh, uh, coronavirus vaccine. This is something that uh, uh, we, we changed a system that otherwise would have offered a dishonorable discharge. And that's, it's in this bill. So it's, it's a good bill. You say, you know, it's not perfect, no bill is perfect, and there are some things I would have had in this bill, and then I'm sure that Senator Reid would have had in this bill that are not, didn't make it. Before we close, I do want to thank the good people who worked so hard on this bill on the floor. People don't realize that. You know, you go back to the real world and you talk to real people, as I do when I go back to Oklahoma, and they, they point out that we, the, they don't believe that really that people are really working, but in the case of the military, they are. I, I just have to say that uh, the hours that they work, I, I had uh, occasion to talk to the um, talk to a group about John Wasson. John Wasson is is the minority staff director about the number of hours that that he works and that his team works. And I'm going to read the names of, of this team. I know that Senator Reid is going to be reading the names of the, of the majority on the team. But I think it's important that people understand that uh, we have a committee staff that works hard. And, uh, and we're very thankful for the people who provide all that effort. Uh, on his team, John Wasson has uh, Rick Berger, Tom Goffis, Scott Richardson, Greg Lilly, Marta Hernandez, Jenny Wright, Adam Barker, Alan Edwards, Katie Magnus, uh, Sean O'Keefe, Brad Patu, Jason Potter, Brad Slattery, Katie Sutton, Eric Traeger, Adam Truel, uh, T.C. Williams, Robert Winkler, and 
Andy Caputo. Uh, from my staff, I had uh, Luke Holland, uh, Dan Hildenbrand, Hildenbrand uh, Don Archer, Dan Holden, Sam Treza, uh, Esther Salters, Jake Johnson, Jake Hinch, Alexandra Slocum, Victor Salmendo, uh, uh, Dixon Yonan, Yonan, uh, Lacey Burke. What would it do without Lacey Burke? Uh, Lori Fitch and uh, Naomi Walker. And, and sometimes we forget about the hardworking staff, the floor staff. Nobody ever mentions them. We have a lot of the same people that have been there for a number of years, and we couldn't operate without them, and they were really busy on this bill. And that's uh, Robert Duncan, Chris Tuck, uh, Tony Hannigan, Catherine Foster, Brian Canfield, Max Boyd, and Maddie Sanborn. I'm grateful for all of their services, and don't forget this is only half the battle. After this, we have to go through, and after we have made the priorities that we have made, the appropriators will get busy and do what they had done to be a part of this effort that we're, is the most significant effort that we're having. And so today I encourage all of my colleagues to support this year's National Defense Authorization Bill, and I know they will, and extend our 60-year track record of getting this bill done, and let's tell the troops that we love them and we support them.